Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? Hey, how are you? Great. How you doing, everyone? Great. Awesome. Glad to hear your voice. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. <laughs> same, same here, same here. Let me just put this on so that we both know when we hear it. Today is uh, Thursday, uh, March 12th, 2013, yep. about 12.30 p.m. Eastern. And uh, me and Evram, this is the fourth of six sessions of uh, Happily Ever After. And, you know, so we're going to go through that plus whatever else comes up for us, you know? Yes. So, awesome. So, uh, before we get started, I want to let you know I talked to uh, uh, Adele. How do you pronounce yeah. the name? Yeah. How do you say it? Erzal. How do you spell it? Because, um... Erzal is like E-R-D-A-L. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he told me to call him Ed, so I thought... Yeah. Yes. He told me to call him Remember airline, saving yeah. airline, like air dal, dal like yeah. is dal like is I don't know what <laughs> D A L. In Turkish, uh, you pronounce uh, it as dal. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I spoke to him uh, yesterday, and yeah. uh, he, he said he's got three people that he thinks might be uh, wanting to work with me, but uh, he's going to try to get them together today or tomorrow. But uh, I just want to let you know that that's what he's trying to do, so. That's great, man. I'm so glad that, you know, you're going to be reaching out to, like, three more people, and they're going to probably get the value, and they're going to reach out to many more people. I'm glad you're doing good. Awesome. Yeah, well, giving my best, man. You know, he's already trying to save money, I think, more than anything else, but not just that, you know. I know it's not just yeah. that, but, you know, I told him, you know, um, you know, I'd give him a deal if he gave me some folks. I'd take care of him. You know what I mean? So, we'll yeah. see how that goes. And I hope it goes well. Adal is a very sociable person. I think, you know, he's a teacher in a uh, charter school, so he may have some financial issues a bit. That's why maybe the issue, yeah. whatever he's dealing with, he's dealing with. But well, anyway, so he's very sociable, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure there will be value if. You know, he can find enough people that you can, you know, do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, he, he, he did, you know, express uh, some issues. That's why I told him I'd give him a special deal. He put some people together and so he's working on it. But I just want to give you an update since he's your friend and you sent him my way. And I thought you might want to know what was going on, you know. Okay. So, All right. So. Okay. Um. So I'm going to give you two numbers that you can call and talk to. One of them is uh, Mehdi, who has a limousine company. Um, so you can tell them I ask you to call them. 
you know, okay. information about me first. Uh, and you can call them starting next week on Monday. I left both of them voice message today. I couldn't reach to them. I don't know if there is working schedule. Nafis yeah. is working in a restaurant, and Macy is working. Uh, he has his own limousine company. So okay. uh, he's pretty busy, but I'll tell you their number. Uh, are you ready to write down the number? All right, just uh, give me a minute or two. Uh, I'm not near a place I can write. Hold on. Okay. In the meantime, uh, you know how how's life been going for you since we last talked? Well, uh, uh, it's been going good. I'm taking it easy. You know, I'm not going into any drama or anything like that. I'm doing better. Uh, I actually spoke to Iman. Do you know Iman, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I strongly suggest you to go to one of his events. He's really good in terms of creating business. I know a lot of people had really uh, great income, a lot of entrepreneurs, and people like you do, like coaching, you know? Yeah. They host events like the one that I mentioned to you. And if you work with Iman, you can be like the guy who is known in U.S. for a relationship, I tell you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I spoke to him. It's my suggestion, but it's up to you. But at least you can go to his event to see what they do, you know? Yes. I'm sure uh, it will contribute to you. So I spoke to Iman about my business, what I want to do. And, uh, you know, uh, we had a session with He's going to think about how he can support me. And um, and also, he asked about how life is going on, and I talk about the relationship thing going on. He gave me another example that he's dealing with, and I found it very valuable also. Uh, okay. You know, he, he had a, one of his best friends. Uh, she married to a guy, and the guy hide from her that she, he, she's a maniac, and his parents hide from her also. And, what did uh, he, she's fine. Oh, oh, what did he hide from her? Because you you broke up when you were saying it. Well, he gave me an example. Someone dealing with a similar situation that I'm dealing with. Yes. And I find it very valuable, also. So I just want to share with you. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. And uh, his best friend um, is a female, and one of his best friends. She married to this guy. And the guy is schizophrenia, you know? Yeah. And he didn't, he wasn't honest, and he didn't tell her about it. So his parents also didn't tell her about it. They got married, and of course, after three months, the guy just disappeared and taking uh, more than $250,000 in her bank account and disappeared. Wow. And then one month later, he showed up. They had a baby. And then uh, when she learned his schizophrenic later on, but she loved him. And uh, at the point where he became physically abusive to her, she filed for divorce. They are divorced now, but their relationship is a lot better than they were married. Yeah. And uh, that's how she is, he told me. And uh, he also gave me an example of like, you know, when I mentioned about the, the psychological condition of, like she's bipolar and this and, this and that. Yeah. He said this, like, you know, having a relationship ended is sometimes like somebody is passing away. You know? Yeah. Even yeah. though that person is alive, the relationship ended for you is like you've lost someone you loved. 
even though that right. person is alive. Because right. of her men mental illness, that she wasn't a real person that you think that was, and that person is not there anymore. So you can make an analogy of a situation of, you know, someone passed away, someone you love, right? Right. And that kind of, uh, you know, landed on me in a way uh, also. And uh, he said, of course, there will be times that you will remember her, you know, you will remember things and stuff like that. And, but that's just like, you know, if you're, sh you know, you're sure that it's not going to work out for you because of her yeah. mental condition. So you can always relate to the, you know, relate to her and relate to yourself in that example of, you know, somebody you love passed away from your life. So, you know, that, that landed, landed to me, you know, in a, in a way, you know, uh, also, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, that, you know, that made a difference for me also. So I just want to share with you because, you know, it was, just, it was something good that I, uh, I got out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, Thank so... You. No, I got you, man. I'm hearing it. Thank you for that, because I might, I might have to sometimes say that too, you know. We're helping somebody. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there's a mental illness, the person well, is not a real person. It's a dead mm -hmm. body, literally. Because mm. uh, if the person is also there, are other mental illnesses, like for example, narcissists. Right. Narcissist mm. people, they don't have capacity to love. You know, you expect them to love. They are very charming. Uh -huh. But they don't have capacity to love another. Hmm. When someone is in a relationship with a narcissist person, they will expect to be loved in return, but they will never get that love. More abusive uh, behaviors, right? Hmm. Uh, because that's what that's what narcissists do. And you may coach someone who is narcissist too. And how you end up, how anyone end up being in a relationship with a narcissist is that. There must be a narcissist in the family when you grow up, like an abusive father or mother or that they truly don't love you but because just they don't have the capacity, but they just, you have a, you know, like a, someone in your parent, like one of your parents is a narcissist. You can easily become a victim of another person and try to continue your relationship with a narcissist person and not distinguish that the person is just. And if you coach someone, you know, in, a, in such a situation, yeah. um, that's another case. Like, you have to treat that relationship, you know, like someone passed away in your life and you have to keep up and keep moving in your life. So, yeah. So I think it's important, you know, for any adult, it has to be part of some training or education that we have to be all aware of all mental illnesses, you know, just to be aware yeah. of it, like what they are, you know, how can you distinguish someone narcissist or anything, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And there was like I, I bought a book about uh, how, like how can you be uh, you know I've seen it on Facebook in one of the pages that I'm a member of. Mm -hmm. This is very interesting, and I have to tell you this. I have to share this with you. I'll tell you in a second. One moment. All right. I don't. I download the book. So it's Will I Be Free of You, the name of the book. Carl McBride. It's, 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 it's called Free of You? No. Will I Ever Be Free of You? Ah, okay. That's a great book. You know, um, the person who wrote this book is a PhD and, you know, had many cases uh, for treatment of many cases for um, people who are dealing with narcissists and stuff like that. 
And, uh, you know, in that book also, like there are 50 different questions. Uh, if you can, you know, spot if you're being with a narcissist person, right? Okay. I tell you, out of those 50 questions, <laughs> the 49 of the answer for me was yes. <laughs> it's not that I, I, I have an issue with my eggs, but really, like everything that mentioned there, like 50 questions, like 49 of them was yes. So someone can easily be having dual mental illness, you know, someone can be a narcissist as well as, um, as well as uh, bipolar, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I gain you know, a, a sense of freedom. And also, when I think of my father, you know, he was physically abusive when he was drunk, when we were children, you know, when we were growing up, to my mother, to us. When he's angry, he was always violent, you know. Uh, At times, he has done physically. At times, what? Uh, you dropped off, bro. Come on back. Well, I'll be here when you get back. I can't hear you. All right. I'm just going to light some incense in my apartment. That's what I'm going to do. Write me some incense. Yeah. You back? Are you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear you now. Sorry for it's disconnected. You know, so I had that kind of situation as well. When I look at my life and myself, uh, yeah. I may be easily trapped in her situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and typically who people who are, you know, kind of, Having a relationship with someone really narcissist is those people who has, you know, has similar treat growing up in similar conditions in some way or another. So I, I got really more an openings for myself, you know, to to be free, basically. That I emotionally will be free as well from her. So these are some other things that I did. So Okay, good. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. So um, I'm ready for those numbers whenever you're ready to give them to me. I'm ready. Okay. Go. Oh, the numbers that I was going to give you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um... One more. I was thinking where. Okay. okay. I'm just telling for Mehdi first, okay? Okay. His name is, his name is Mehdi. How do you spell that? M-E-H-D-I. Mehdi. Oh. Uh, M-E-H-D-I. Mehdi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's M-E-H- M-E-H-D-I. Okay. Phone number is 703. Right. Nine eight seven. Yeah. 
3056. Yeah, this is his company phone. At the same time, his cell phone. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, you can call him. If he's busy with a client, he may not pick it up, but uh, you can call back him later if he doesn't come back to you. So no problem. He's a good friend of mine. And then the next number is Nafis, is N like Nancy, A like Apple, F like Frank, I like Isabel, and Z like Zebra. Okay. Nafis. And his right. number is 703 right. 346 mm -hmm. 6500. All right. And I should call him on, them on next, next week, Monday, right? Yeah. Call him next week, Monday. I left him voice message. I just want to make sure I have conversation. I can have conversation with them before. But even yes. if I can't have conversation by Monday, you can still call them, okay? Yes, sir. And preferably, you can call them on, I think, Monday morning. Okay, and where are they? In the United States? Yeah, they are in D.C. Okay, good. Okay. So, Mehdi is uh, M-E-H-D like David I, right? Yeah, D and I. I like yeah. Isabel. Yes. All right, good. So, um, all right, so now, um, how do we, you know, went through that one. Um, tell me something. Uh, tell me about your assignment, you know, your triggered moments, the moments when you got triggered in the past. Well, um, <clears throat> being ignored, like yeah. seriously ignored. Like, for example, my ex right now doesn't, you know, she shut down all the doors to me. <laughs> yes. That's really weird, man. I tell you, I haven't done, you know, I'm not that weird. So, like, you know, I, I'm sure she's scared or she, maybe she's having another, you know, have a relationship and maybe she's, I don't know what it, whatever it is, but there is no way I can be out of communication with someone. You know, that's, to me, that's, that's something triggering, but I, you know, and, for me, it was triggering, but now that I'm, you know, I'm I, I not like triggered now, but that kind of attitude would trigger me. Yeah. Or somebody yelling at me would trigger me. Um, somebody's being dominant triggers me. You know, we talked about this last week. Uh, I don't know. Do you want a particular uh, memory that I have or? No, it was, uh, well, possibly, but, uh, I, you know, I think I gave you an assignment. Simon, yeah. you know, 10 um, situations or triggers, you know, like top 10 moments so, so you can start seeing what triggers you. So, yeah, I know we definitely talked about it, but I'm just I'm just checking in, you know, so see if oh, okay. anything else around it for you, you know. Well, uh, yeah, I told you those 10. Let me find my list. Yeah. Uh, what else? I When I have well, insulted, being insulted. Yeah. Uh, being ignored, being donated, uh, being outsmarted, being cold and distant, which like being ignored, similar. Yeah. And then, um, you know, aggression. Yeah. Like a bully, be, be, being bullied, you know? Yeah. And uh, being dismayed or like being criticized. These are the okay. ones. Yeah, so um, so I, I guess what I really want to know is, 
when those things happen, what's your normal reaction to get angry? Is your normal reaction to get, like, you know, argumentative? Like, what's your normal reaction when you get... when I'm being like ignored or like being disrespected, especially in a yeah. way that you're being ignored, being disrespected, right? Not being mm-hmm. accepted. That actually makes me angry. Yes. I make people wrong and I say, you know, what the fuck? Like, you know, what did I do now? Or what's wrong with these people? You know, like I kind of like make the person wrong immediately and I get angry. Yeah. And um, when somebody is being critic or being a bully, I become argumentative. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I also like if someone is yelling, I also start yelling. I also raise my voice, you know. Yeah. So that's what I do pretty much. I make okay. people like the bottom line is I make people wrong. You know, there's something wrong with them. And, I, and that doesn't give me power. That makes me angry. Yeah. Yeah, I got it, man. Wow. Okay. Any other normal reactions you have when you're when you get triggered? Cause so there's the thing that you get triggered that 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 triggers you, and then there's the thing you do in reaction to the trigger. Right. So you get triggered when you get ignored, and then you get angry, right? So do you have any other? Do you have any other reactions? Besides angry and argumentative and, and judgment, mental. Well, I also, well, like, if I'm really surprised. Yes. Like, if I'm really shocked by some attitude, I also become, like, like, I get angry, yes. Sometimes yes. I also react in a way, um, I become really quiet like I kind of like think start thinking again start thinking like what's going on or like what the heck like you know like, oh, you or start analyzing over analyzing yeah I start over analyzing what's going on or like you know become quiet and get into get into my head and do over analyzing and you know, keep thinking and get angry and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. All right, good. Just uh, check it, man, you know? Yeah. All right, anything else you want to say before we get into the new, the new information? That's pretty much it. All right, good. All right, so... Uh, so, um, we're going to start on, you know, so, so there's five things that get in the way of relationships not working. Uh, yeah. Those five things are not knowing who you are, um, not understanding the differences between gender, not managing your emotions, structural and other breakdowns, and then miscommunication. So, we've already covered not knowing who you are what to do about it. We covered not understanding gender differences. We do that in depth. We just got finished dealing with managing, not managing emotions. So we're about to deal with structural and other breakdowns. That's what we're about to do. So, um, 
So, uh, yeah, structural and other breakdowns. I want to read something here before I start going into it uh, specifically and, and, you know, openly. Um, Structural and other breakdowns. So the reason why structural and other breakdowns can and usually do get in the way of relationships is that they draw attention to negativity or almost always a surprise to the individuals in the relationship and take away from some other areas of their relationship such as money, time, and commitments. In other words, structural breakdowns or other breakdowns disrupt plans. The lack of structure creates the space for a lack of workability. Lack of workability creates a lack of trust, lack of freedom, safety, security, and success. What's worse, the impact occurs unconsciously and automatically. Lack of physical communication Agreement, structural, or other forms of breakdowns or disagreements undercut the emotional environment of relationships in ways that only creating or restoring workability can restore. The only three things that can keep structural breakdowns from negatively impacting relationships is the following. Making agreements, planning, and commitment. So now, to say that in another way, uh, a flat tire is just a flat tire. But normally, the way humans interact with a flat tire is they start thinking about the impact of the flat tire, how it's going to make you late, how it's going to cost more money, you know, how, you know, your plans are upset one way or another, however those plans are. Um, you know, you're scared that, you know, you might not get taken care of quick enough. You know, a thousand different things you can be concerned about as, as you know, that we attribute to where we have a flat tire. Depends on where we're at, too. You know, if we're on a highway, we got one set of concerns. If we're on a crowded street, we are on a, got another. If we're in front of our house, we got a third concern. So we got, you know, our concerns that are outside of merely just the what's so. Does that communicate? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when I talked about the, uh, the emotional side of relationships, I said that uh, relationships are three-dimensional. You remember me saying that? Yeah. yeah. There's you, there's your partner, and then there's the space in between called the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when we when we, I was talking about that, I spent time, I said that the relationships have two dimensions, they have two aspects to it. They have an emotional side, and then you got a practical, physical business side. I said that relationships are part business, part baby. Remember me saying that? Yes. Yeah, so now, we, last session, we talked about the baby. Now we're going to talk about the business, the side of the relationship. So things happen. There's nothing attributed to them uh, uh, inherently. But because we humans, you know, we interpret everything because we're meaning-making machines, you could say, uh, among other things. You know, we make everything mean something, and we look at all the possible outcomes, usually for fear that they may actually happen rather than because we want them to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, a breakdown could be a broken agreement. A breakdown could be, uh, you know, a loss of a resource. Uh, a breakdown could be um, 
you know, a lack of planning, a lack of foresight. Um, you know, a breakdown is uh, something that happens that gets in the way of what your commitments are, your intentions are. Mm-hmm. So what are you hearing so far? Are you getting out what I said so far? Yeah, I mean, uh, eventually breakdowns are a broken agreement for a commitment, uh, lack of foresight, something that is getting in the way for a commitment. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so the reason why this is so important, again, is that, you know, having a flat tire, running out of gas, you know, not having money for food, getting evicted, they're impersonal situations. You know, losing your money on the way home for work. It's impersonal. You lost paper with with presidents on them. But we attribute an emotional uh, uh, reaction to it, generally speaking. So um, the business side of the relationship, you want to be as impersonal as possible, as trigger-free as possible from the business aspect of the relationships. So you want to be impersonal? You, you, you said you want to be impersonal? Yes, you want to have as much of an impersonal, neutral, non-attached relationship to the uh, relationship side of your business, the thing side of your business, of your relationship, I should say. You want to be as much, um, how do I say, um, you want to be as nonchalant, you want to be like the way you run your business. If you're not having sales, you may feel bad about not having sales, but it won't stop you from doing something about it, and it won't make you quit the business. You'll just go figure out how to get sales. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, when people get hungry, they normally don't have an emotional reaction to being hungry. They just say, yeah. I better go get something to eat. You know what I'm saying? And so... If you could be that way about anything that happens in your relationship that's, you know, physical-based, thing-based, resource-based, whether it's an unfulfilled expectation, whether it's a shocking scenario that pops up, shocking incident that pops up, you know, you're driving and you get a ticket, you know, because the police pulls you over because they, for some reason or another, you know, like looking at all of those things from a, as much impersonal as possible and keeping it from affecting your relationship. You know what I mean? Yes. So so what you're going to treat to a breakdown is basically um, you're going to be uh, you're going to be dealing with what you're dealing with without having an emotional, without having an impact in your relationship. So when we are saying breakdowns, breakdowns, we are, you are saying based, you know, the the business side of relationship, right? Right. So, but I give you an example, for example, but this is the most only example I have to work on it, right? Uh, for example, a breakdown that you know, like, for example, my ex and how I deal with the breakdown, like she had an affair and she told me how I deal with the breakdown is I was upset so sad. Uh, I cried. 
you know, when go I go and cry, and, and there was a breakdown, right? And then I made her wrong, and I made uh, myself fool out of it, beat myself up. Like, how did I end up being in a situation or getting made with someone as crazy as like this, right? And we are just made like eight months. We just had a breakdown in our relationship for the past one month. And that's what happened. So the way I deal with it was actually just making her wrong, just going immediately to filing for divorce and uh, getting angry and upset. So how could I relate this breakdown as a business side of it? Because it's not. Right? Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, beautiful example and powerful ex- a question because um, about you, you're going to hear well you just hear me say it. You ready? Yeah. So one of the one of the main ways to prevent breakdowns is by making agreements. So when someone one of breaks, the ways, sorry, one of the ways to what? One of the main things that gets in the way of one of the main things that are um, structural breakdowns is um, not keeping agreements. You can call it integrity issues, but you know, uh, um, managing your resources, making sure you got enough money is one thing. You know, uh, managing your resources. Like, you know, making sure you got enough gas in your car, right? It's really fundamentally in the area of relationships under the same umbrella. It's in the area of resources, workability, structure, things. So is making agreements, right? So when you get married, you make a certain agreement called, you know, I'll be with you for the rest of my life. That's the agreement we make when we married for the most part, right? Yeah. And then, you know, what's implied in that agreement, I mean, nobody says it specifically, I'll, I'll only be with you, I won't cheat on you and none of that stuff. I mean, let's make their own wedding vows. But that's implied, and everybody knows that's an unspoken agreement, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't think anybody can get married and know, you know, think, you know, that, you know, yeah, I can cheat on my husband or my wife if I want to when they get married. They have no intention of doing that. That's why they're getting married. Yeah. So now, when someone um, cheats on you, what they did was they broke an agreement. So if you go from, if you take it from you cheated on me to you broke an agreement, then you can go to the heart of the agreement and get to the heart of the reason why a person broke the agreement. And then you can decide if you want to be in the relationship or not after that. Because if you have an agreement to not cheat on each other, but you don't have an agreement as to what's going to happen if you do, then, you know, you got you to gotta deal with the next thing. Well, she told me, I asked her, what, you know, what would you do if I would cheat on you? I just asked her. Yeah. She said that relationship will be over. Okay. And then seven months later, she did that. (laughs) Yeah, I got that. Yeah, but uh, you asked me how to handle it. 
you know, how to, hand, how to handle, when this happens, how are we going to handle this breakdown? And yeah. how can I look at it? Like, I mean, uh, it is totally uh, like personal and it's totally uh, emotional side of it. Yeah. Uh, there is emotions. And in terms of workability, of course, the marriage is ended. That doesn't work with the, someone who can do that. Right. So well, how can you deal with this breakdown? I mean, well, you're saying, you know, yeah, you're, you're saying the source is, yes, not keeping agreement. You're saying that so it's the integrity issue, yes. So, and then you said there is two sides of it, managing emotions and managing workability, structural resources. So right. I'm not clear in the second part. Like, what's the, how can you deal with this in terms of managing, you know, structurally? What's the structural breakdown here? Well, the structural breakdown is that she didn't keep her agreement. Okay. And you, y'all wasn't clear about the agreement. I mean, you was, you were, you were about as clear as the average human being when it comes to marriage, which is, you know, a promise to honor, honor, uh, cherish and obey my husband, my wife, you know, through sickness and health. Good or bad, rich or poor, you know, death to tell death to us part. Doesn't say we don't make an agreement that says if you cheat, here's what's going to happen. You know, if you get fat, here's what's going to happen. You know, we don't make those kind of agreements. But when those things happen, we do something about it. So we don't go that deep usually. Yes. So yeah, cheating, you know, has an emotional side to the broken agreement, which is you know a broken agreement. You know, broken agreement could be, you know, an employee who works for you who steals money. Yeah. You usually will be kind of pissed, but you won't be anywhere near as pissed as if you are or hurt. You won't be hurt at all, and you won't be anywhere near as pissed as if you were if, if your wife was stealing money from you and she was cheating on you. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, you know, every it seems that every agreement that humans have uh, every breakdown that humans have has both an emotional side and a business non-emotional side. And so, you know, cheating definitely is on both sides, no question about it. Um, but, you know, you could handle it for the sake of the relationship from a a uh, fundamentally business standpoint because there's very little workability in the world of relationships. Let me tell you what I mean by that. So there is doing things to make people feel good or help them to feel good or invite them to feel good, and then there's doing things that make people feel bad to try to make them feel bad, you know, like that, right? Yeah. And then um, so... But those are not agreements. Those are not structures. Those are like experiences. That's like strictly customer service in the area of feelings. It's either good customer yeah. service or bad customer service. But in the area of uh, structure, making sure your needs are met, making sure your agreements are made, that's in the world of operations. You can always upgrade that enhance that, have that be a strong suit of your business. But it's never going to be like romance. Yeah. Um, you know, though, you know, you could find say, oh, we found me billionaires and, you know, be thrilled by that and celebrate your billionaires. You know what I mean? Your billionaire-ness. Yeah. 
So, but um, uh, but it's a, you know ultimately it's a thing, you know, not an experience. So, um, you know, we can put our hands on and manage and organize and dissect things. And it yes. gives us a chance to upgrade them. But feelings and experiences, they're not tangible. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they don't have the same nature to them. And so, you know, there's not, you know, everything seems to have both sides to it. The question is, which thing, which side does this particular thing need for us to concentrate on for it to be for us to, you know, best enhance it, utilize it, you know, evolve it, improve it, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so so if your wife was willing to work something out, then y'all could have handled it like a business where, you know, something happened with your business partner, and then y'all got to either make a new agreement, something, you know what I mean? So to to make uh, you just talk to her and see what she is up to, what she's intention is, and then use you know create a workability if you choose to do so. That's what right. you're saying. Yeah. To manage that this breakdown doesn't happen in the future. Yeah. And if you choose to end the relationship, say that again. Also, and if you choose to end the relationship because the broken agreement is that workable for you? Then you deal with uh, ending the relationship. Uh, that's that's pretty much it, right? And deal with the emotions, deal with whatever is there to deal with. If it doesn't work for you, and just end the relationship and work towards that, right? Yeah, I mean, if that if if getting the divorce works for you better than staying married, then you do what works best, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, knowing that I'm complete with the relationship, I ended, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, you know, I don't regret that I divorced from her. But however, you know, there is this thing that I, there is always, it always comes to my mind again and again and again, even though I declare it's complete. And that is, you know, I read books about bipolar people. And what I understand from the books written by psychiatrists or written by people who experience this in their life, the message I get is, even though how hard it is, you're a tough person, like, never leave someone mentally ill alone. That's the message I got. Right? Say that again? Say that again? The message from the books I read about the loving bipolar people or being with bipolar people is that never leave mentally ill people alone. Oh. That's the message I got from the books I read about this mental illness. Okay. Well, when I look at myself, of course, I'm a human being. I made her wrong. I filed for divorce. But my intention was never to leave her, but to separate from her. I think it's her choice to, to, to end the relationship totally. Right? So I don't need to make myself wrong just because I'm not the one who is leaving. But I'm still feeling responsible for her. And I think this could be the fact that um, 
this could be the fact that uh, I'm making it about me. And it's not about me. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, like, while, I'm speaking to, while I'm speaking to you, I got freedom. Like, I'm making it about me, and it's not, it's not about me. Yeah. But the, the, what, what she created, either out of her mental illness, or her excuse is mental illness, is not something I created, so it's not about me. I have to be clear on that. That gives well, me freedom. Well, let me, let me give you a little bit more freedom. You can sure. make it about you, or you can take responsibility, like a, a mature, mature, evolved responsibility. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, taking responsibility is not the same as taking the blame, right? Yeah. You know, so if you looked at this from being responsible, you could see what you did and didn't do that worked or didn't work. Make adjustments. Get the lessons. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the opportunity of being responsible. Yeah. I mean, you're being responsible by asking me to help you with this program, you know? Yeah. Well, having this program with you so that I can learn something out of this experience is me being responsible, right? That's correct. Yeah. So more freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I tell you, I tell you something. I just speak to a, a lady on the phone. One yeah. of my friends introduced me to her. I gave me her number, and she expected me to call. And I call her, and Sunday night, we're going to have a date to get to know each other. Okay. On, on the phone, she sounds so kind. <laughs> I don't know what she looks like, but that was good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I felt like, you know, um, this is different, you know? Like, this is a really nice, kind person to get to know. Mm. So I think as soon as I start dating and having functional relationship with someone, doesn't have to be, we may end up being friends or maybe in a relationship, I don't know. But being with a kind woman, I think I would appreciate a lot more about uh, what I got out of this relationship about myself too, I think. Yeah, definitely yeah. will. Because yeah, I feel I feel lonely at it, you know. Because mm. um, I don't see anyone, and I I was talking to another girl, and that's not something that would workable for me based on what I learned from this session. So I we friendly separate our ways, and then I have now this person. Uh, well, I'm gonna see how it how it goes. But this person was more communicating to me the way that she asked me questions, you know, what I do and things like that, and what she does. She's more mature, I think, more, more, more of a safe place for me. That's what I feel like. Okay. Like she knows what she wants. You know, she has her own dental office and she works and she sounds like to me, she's not someone who needs care. But the other girl I was talking, she was born in 87. She's like 10 years younger than me. You know, uh, in my, in my must-have list, smoking is not there. Right, so she smoked right. for ten years, and it's hard for her to quit smoking, and you know. And then she had, she's dealing with what she's dealing with. Not to make her wrong, she doesn't have a job, and she's concerned, and blah blah blah. So, 
you know, and then when I told her smoking is not is is is, is, is doesn't work for me, that my wife is smoking because I want to have a children and family and, and well, someone I'm going to be married to, not not to have smoking. So I don't know, uh, that doesn't work for me. And she became critical of me, and she said, "Well, is this how you're going to relate to all the issues that we may have in future that you're going to give up?" <laughs> mm-hmm. I said, "No." But for smoking, yes. I, I, I'm telling you in the beginning, if I'm being honest, that it doesn't work for me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, I think uh, because of these uh, things that we discussed, I can make a fair judgment in terms of, oh, this doesn't work for me. And just cut it out. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yeah. Does it work or does it not work? And if it doesn't work, can you make it work? And that's really about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. Yeah, that's, so, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. So there are three things that can keep structural breakdown from negatively impacting your relationships. Those three things are making agreements, planning, and commitment. I'm going to read them each, and then, you know, I'll check in with you again. Making agreements on who does what and when is critical to maintaining workability and reducing or completely eliminating structural and other breakdowns because this is where trust, credibility, and partnership gets created and developed. After making an agreement, maintaining that agreement is paramount to the relationship even if breakdowns do occur, because though we care to see the future, we know our partner cares about us, their word, and can be trusted to do what they say they're going to do. The biggest yeah. agreement, so so in other words, um, if you're somebody who honors their word and keeps agreements, even when you try to keep an agreement but you fail because you just wasn't good enough to keep it, not because you didn't try, but you know, your commitment was to write, you know, 120 words a minute, but you were only able to write 112 words a minute. It was because your skill level wasn't good enough, not because you um, wasn't interested in doing it. You know what I mean? Or you forgot or something else. Does, does that communicate? Uh, I'm not clear about this conversation. So what we are talking about is here, three things to deal with the breakdown. One is making agreements, two, planning and three, commitment, right? Yes, yes. And what you're saying right now is that if you are not getting what you want out of dealing with the breakdown, it doesn't mean that you're wrong. It's just your skill level is not enough no. to deal with that. No, that's not, yeah. that's not, what, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Let me, let me, let me, let me read this again. Sure. Uh, you know, never mind. I'm not going to read it. You, you know, you know what I am going to read it. Making agreements on who does what and when they do it is critical to maintaining workability and either reducing or completely eliminating structural breakdowns and other breakdowns because it is where this is where trust, credibility, and partnership gets created and developed. After making an agreement. Maintaining that agreement is paramount to the relationship, even if breakdowns occur, because though we cannot foresee the future, 
We know our partner cares about us, cares about their word, and can be trusted to do what they say they're going to do. So um, let me see. How can I say this? One of the things that I learned that, that, that blew my mind when I was a, a staff member for Landmark was we was having a staff meeting, and then uh, the center manager's manager came in the room. And she didn't look like nobody's manager. She actually looked kind of weird, talked kind of weird. She was weird to me, you know. Yeah. But she, she came in and she talked about um, promises, the nature of promises. And what she said was that promises, you cannot make a promise on a result. You can only make a promise on actions. And if you do yeah. enough of the right action, you huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you was. I thought you was asking me something. Yeah. Yeah. So you can only take. You can only make promises based off of actions. And if you have, if you're clear on, and you take the proper actions, you can start measuring your results. And only after you take actions and measure is real results, can you begin to attempt to promise results. But you got to take some actions first. And so when you make agreements and you take actions, and you consistently take actions that have reliably uh, produced results, even when you don't produce results, your partner will trust you because you consistently take the actions that produce results, even though... Y'all won't have that as part of your language in your relationship. Does that communicate? So you're promising results and you're taking actions to meet that result. And even if you don't have the results, your partner trusts you because you're taking action to get that result. Yes, they trust you that you have their best interest at heart. You, you're, they have trust that you're taking, going to take care of the relationship the best you can and best you know how. You know, they know that even if you failed, you gave your best. That's trusting. They can trust you behind that. They may not be able to trust your effectiveness, but they trust your word and commitment to the relationship. Yeah. Does that communicate? Yeah. Okay, good. Because trusting in the relationship is more important almost than trusting in or expecting that they're going to produce a certain result. And you want that result. What you what you don't want is someone who's going to be laissez-faire about the relationship or someone who's failing to give their best to the relationship or to their partner. Yeah. So even if they're giving their best to some task, some, task, some agreement, um, as long as they're not giving, uh, they're not failing or, um, or taking a backseat to their commitments and efforts for the relationship and for their partner, their partner will understand that, even if they don't like the results. It's like, you know, you're going out job hunting, and you've been job hunting for two months, but you've been out there almost every day. And even though you're all broke, and your wife is not happy that you ain't making money, 
she could trust that you're giving your best. She's just frustrated with the results. So she doesn't bail on you because she's seeing you're doing your best to make money and you just haven't succeeded. See what I mean? Yeah. So that's what that is. I've got an agreement. I'm going to work until I get it. I'm going to bust my ass to get a job until I get a job. So she sees you out there every day making phone calls, you know, going to going to places, you know, she sees all of that. She may not like the result, but she trusts that you're doing it. She trusts that you got her best interest at heart. She trusts that you're doing your best to eliminate her fear, safety and security concerns. All right. Because you're you're keeping your agreement to job hunting and getting a job. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so even if you fail and if you make an agreement, you keep the agreement, but you just ain't producing the result, yeah. you might be causing upset, but you're not breaking trust. Now, if she doesn't trust you, that's because she doesn't. she's doubting your ability to, to get the job. But that's kind of silly because almost anybody can get a job. It might take them a year, but they can get a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. So doubt somebody is more like impatience. The doubt would come from impatience, but that's on her, and that's an emotional issue, not a, a agreement issue. From the stand, excuse me, from the standpoint of the agreement, you're keeping your promise. You're keeping your agreement. Go get a job. I'm going to get a job. Yeah. I didn't get the job yet, but I'm going to get it. You follow? Yep, I got it. Good, 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 good. So, um, the biggest agreement a couple can make is a philosophical agreement around how to approach structural issues and how to handle the business side of that relationship. So, somewhere along the line, what that looks like, what that philosophical agreement looks like is Something I said in the beginning, first session, about knowing who you are. Yeah. So the big philosophical agreement in your relationship is uh, that you have a highest aspiration for a relationship, your partner has a highest aspiration for a relationship, and you both have similar or identical highest aspiration for a relationship. And then you agree on how you're going to make this happen. So you want to make some kind of a relationship agreement, a basic fundamental agreement on how you're going to be as a couple and how you're going to be with each other for each other. Most people do not do what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. More than 99%, I'd say. Almost everyone. Almost none of people do that. And... The ones that do, they do it over time, they do it by accident, and they don't have it written down, but they just do it. You know what I mean? Like it's so what, you're, what you're saying is like being clear about your highest expression with your partner and making an agreement on what areas, like how you're going to be for each other, what else? Um, who you are for each other, how you're going to go about agreements, who who's who's doing what basically, you know, like somebody's in charge of the finance, somebody's in charge of the house, you know, like that. 
you know, who, who, uh, you know, who's chasing and who's being chased, you know, stuff like that. Who's being chased in, in what sense? Well, it's really good when both parties chase each other. And then it's also really good when neither party chases each other and they're okay with that. But usually somebody's more aggressively uh, reaching for attention than the other one. So the way you're saying is basically, uh, you know, in a train, there is only one uh, first first wagon of the train. That's where the engine is. So who's being dominant in the relationship? Meaning, who is actually more dominant to get the direction of the relationship? Like, who is being chased is then who? Well, it's more like who's in charge of what and when are they in charge. So, for example, you know, simple formula for knowing who's in charge of what and when is that the guy is always in charge, except for when the woman wants to be in charge. Then he gives her... It's an opportunity to be fully in charge. He surrenders to her. And then when she don't want to be in charge, he's back in charge. So yeah. even when you're chilling, you're not really off duty. You're uh, you're taking a lunch break because, you know, your wife or your girl, she wants to do stuff. But as soon yeah. as she feels like she don't want to do it anymore, you're back on duty and you don't have a chance to buck stops with you. So in relationships, men are in charge except for when their woman wants to be in charge of something. And when they're yeah. tired of being in charge, which they will, then it's your turn to be back in charge. Yeah. Got it. So, so you know, um, in basketball, you know, guys come up with a philosophical agreement on how they're going to play together. We're going to be a defensive team. We're going to be an offensive team. We're going to be a rebounding team. We're going to be a playmaking team. You know, here's the things we're going to be doing. We're going to have a balanced attack. You know, we're going to be a passing team, whatever. So they, they have a fundamental way in which they're going to operate, a philosophical point of view. You know, um, uh, landmark form leaders have a, have a different way of working with the room and working with participants than seminar leaders do, and they have a difference. Uh, way of dealing with them than um, introduction leaders, and it's not so much that the seminar leaders know how to do this better than the, than the uh, introduction leaders and the landmark form leaders know how to do it better than the seminar leaders, but they have a certain level of agreement amongst themselves and with uh, landmark um, that's consistent with what they do, which is lead seminars. Yeah, and, you know what I mean. So, um, you know, when you when you when you're at Landmark, there's a different cultural agreement, you know, um, than when you are at your, at a job or you know at a party. Yeah. So there's certain yeah. expectations in that agreement, uh, that philosophical agreement. So. Uh, let me try one more time because I want this to be crystal clear for you. If you are operating as a consultant and you go to a client, what you want to know from your client is what is it that they have they see as an issue and what do they see as a possible solution 
And then you need to look at the consultant who knows this stuff probably better than them. That's why they called you. You need to see if what they're saying is accurate and if they say what they want is accurate, saying what they need and what the problem was and what they want. If they are accurate over those and you can see that and you have a solution, you will let them know that and they would agree with you that you see their problem and you would agree with them that they see yours and then y'all can come to an agreement on how to operate together. Makes sense, right? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, about philosophical agreement with your partner. Is it philosophical agreement? Philosophical agreement, right. Like philosophical. Yeah, philosophical, contextual, conceptual, like like an idea agreement. So there's a... The, so the philosophical agreement in the United States is the Declaration of Independence. Philosophical. That's that's the that's the agreement that we all align on philosophically. Well, I mean, uh, when you say, I just want to make sure the word is right, like philosophy, right? Philosophic, philosophical, philosophy. Philosophical, philosophy, right? Well, P H I L O P I T H I. Right. Yeah. Okay. Philosophical. Okay. So the 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 Declaration of Independence is a philosophical agreement yeah. for bringing a nation into existence that everybody believes in it. Right. right. A, a mission statement. A mission statement for a business would be a philosophical agreement that uh, how the company is going to run. Yeah. So that's the biggest agreement you can make with your partner is having a philosophical agreement on what, how you're going to operate together as a couple. I just want to make sure. Sense. I just want to make sure I got the word philosophical right. Yes. How can we do that? <laughs> um, I'm, ju I'm just thinking of the science, philosophy, social science. Is that what you're saying, yeah. philosophical? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ideological. Um, okay. Philosophy, okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ideological agreement. Okay. Right. So, so we have the same ideas about how to operate together. You know. Yeah. Right. So you gotta have a basic agreement in place. A basic, yeah. A basic agreement. That's why I call it philosophical, because you you're operating from the same philosophy, from the same ideology. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's the first thing you want to do is you want to make agreements. You want to keep looking at what agreements need to be made and then get better and better each time at making agreements. Part of the thing you want to do about agreements is eliminate the backdoor agreements. You know, um, you want to eliminate I'll see or maybe or I'll get back to you or anything like that if possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so that's that. Okay, um, number two is planning. Yeah. Planning. The good thing about planning is it keeps shock and surprise out of your space. It keeps shock and surprise from creating emotional turmoil. We can't prevent breakdowns from happening. We can't prevent shock and surprise from happening. But we could usually be mentally and emotionally prepared 
for the unexpected or undesired. So the better you get at planning, the better you're able to eliminate emotions, excuse me, eliminate breakdowns or surprises or shocks, right? But at the same time, you know, uh, working towards eliminating shock and surprise by planning, quality planning, will teach you that no matter how great your plan is, there's always going to be something to break your plan. So you want to master planning so that you can let planning master you, so to speak. Yeah. Does that communicate? First, you master planning. Yeah. And the plan will take care of you, will master you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. So, um, so that's planning. I mean, really, you just got to pay attention to planning and do the planning. You know, there's not much else to say about planning. We'd have to go to an uh, an uh, a, uh, organizational program, like getting it done or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. in order to go to go deeper into planning, right? You know, plan for yeah. a wedding, plan for a vacation, plan for you know, paying your bills, plan for, you know, birthdays and holidays, you know, planning, right? So you just take planning as far as you can possibly take it in ways that work for you, you know. But you don't want to do it, you know, because if just to be doing it, you want to do it, oh, excuse me, you want to do it in sure. ways that support you, um, um, you know, support you in the relationship. So, And then the third thing, um, of that, that in in those three things, which is making agreements, planning, and commitment, is commitment. So commitment supports and ensures that the first two items, um, which is uh, making agreements and planning, supports and ensures that you know making agreements and planning, the first two items above, will be taken care of regardless of circumstances. Why, or within the realm of what's possible for human beings. <laughs> uh, with the, people who are committed can move mountains. People who can move mountains can be trusted to make up things in the face of breakdowns that weren't even thought of before the breakdown. Um, they also operate as someone in charge of their own destiny, the opposite of a victim of circumstances. In addition, commitment communicates love to those on the receiving end of that commitment. So the more you're committed to making the relationship work, the relationship will work better. But, you you know, you also want to make sure that you know how to plan and know how to make agreements. So, uh, all right, so let me hear what you got out of that, if anything. So what I'm getting is, if you want to have a long-lasting, peaceful relationship, <laughs> yes, you have to make agreements. You have to speak yeah. about everything, uh, how things are going to be handled, so that you can you become present to what is expected from you by your partner, and then what yeah. you can offer, and then work it out if there is something to be worked out uh, with the agreement. And then yes. for the agreement to take a place, uh, well, you have to have 
a plan in action yeah. to make that yeah. workable. And also, yeah. there has to be a commitment for a relationship in the same way between two partners where there's a plan to make everything work out. Who's going to yeah. pay the bills? I mean, in, in our case, I was making good money in my past marriage, right? She was making good money. Uh, I, when I came, she had credit card bills that she can't pay. I paid for it. But I, I paid like $5,000, right? And uh, when it come, this was the money that I was going to pay for the rent. And then she said, you know what? I'm already paying the rent. Don't worry about it from my salary. And I didn't oh. mind. Because yeah. all the money that we make eventually for me, it was ours. I didn't mind she's paying the bill because my money was being in my in in a in the US. It was because I was working for the company in US, so my I was getting paid in the US, so it wasn't easy to bring the money here for me. So I was letting her pay some of the bills, and I was using my credit card as well as I can, mm. and uh, that become an issue for her. I think she made it like she's having the. Like I'm not financially being responsible for the family. That's what she told me. I spent like fifty thousand uh, dollars for us, right? Right, blood of cash, and yeah. she can she can still think that I'm not being financially responsible. That was like triggering me. I tell you, <laughs> that was a really big trigger for me. I was like going crazy. What the fuck, you know? And for me, it doesn't matter. It's my money or her money. I didn't yeah. know what to offer to her. You know, if you're not feeling good, I told her. Yeah. Oh, lost you. Give me back. Mm-hmm. You went away again. Hey. Hey, there you go. Okay, good. Hey, I'm I'm back. So uh, I mean, this become an issue, but, but probably, I mean, the, the the reason this become an issue for her, uh, obviously, uh, she, I wasn't being maybe too explanative or to be too transparent to her because I trust her. But uh, I think she, in time, she made it mean something. Maybe she used it as an excuse to create problems because she doesn't want our relationship to work whatsoever. But in the end, what I see here is that we have to make sure uh, we we have to speak about everything before we get into this. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, true. I mean, for most people I met in my life, though, people don't, women don't make it mean anything like who is going to pay what. I never had a relationship with anyone like she made it, like she was sensitive about, you know, um, who is paying what. You know, I never had this kind of issue in the past. Mm. I don't know why. But I think one difference between her and my previous girlfriend is that she was, uh, you know, she was coming from a poor family, but they become so rich. You know what I mean? Yeah. In her childhood, two girls and one son, they were sleeping in the same room. Mm. 
when she was young, college student, she had a brand new sports car. <laughs> Somehow, her father from zero created a business. Now she has three factories, more than 200 people working for him. He's probably making, you know, he, his wealth is maybe more than 40, 50 million dollars. And she's working for her father. She's getting a really decent salary. And I think that was the only difference. Huh. I don't know. I don't know if, <laughs> if that was the issue, that she had too much money to worry about. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I've never had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre, yeah. Because I had right, this concern, what if, what if if I lose my job? Because I was, like, I was making money not in Turkish conditions. I was making money within the New York conditions, right? And yeah. I, I was spending so much that I was concerned, what the fuck am I going to do if I lose this job in the U.S.? Because I don't think uh, the companies will pay me as much as I'm getting paid in the U.S. You understand what I mean? Yeah. So I had always concern, and I was not easy in terms of spending money. So maybe that she thought it something else. I don't know. It's just everything with this relationship was bizarre, man. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about interrupting this, this, this story, but okay. this is the only story I'm dealing with, so. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's understandable. All right, cool. So, you know, we got um, uh, making agreements. We got planning. Next is uh, commitment. Yeah. So commitment, commitment supports and ensures that the first two items will be taken care of regardless of circumstances within the realm of what's possible. Um, you know, I read all of that. So now, when it comes to commitment, um, and when it comes to the other two things, here are some of the areas, some of the areas that need structural support. And I'm going to email you everything I've said so far, you know, like pretty much this whole this whole section. Well, yeah, like the ones you're reading, right? That would be cool because sometimes I stuck on some words, like, but anyway, so that would be cool. Thank you. Very good. So uh, here's just a brief list of things that you got to be responsible for, um, which means you want to put instructions in place to make them work. Some of the stuff you don't really have to do anything to make it work. But anyhow, here we go. So here's uh, things that need structural support. Money, health and fitness, sex, timing, housekeeping, food, sleep, social circles, education, uh, excuse me, entertainment, activities, um, daily, uh, 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 dating, excuse me, dating and romance, if, if, and, uh, what, what, what you call your thing, I call it, uh, um, physical items, but, you know, you, you, you said something a minute ago. Anyhow. And mon- the, the, the money or the paying bills or? Nah, don't you worry about it. You already said that. So can yeah. you really repeat again? Money, health, fitness, sex, housekeeping, food, sleep, social circle, entertainment, dating, and romance. I think I missed a few when you're saying. Activities. Okay. Uh, and then uh, physical items like home, car, clothes, physical items. So you can put them all in the one lump. 
that's just some of the things. There's more, and, you know, I encourage you to let me know what the more is, you know, if you bump up against those stuff in the future, you know? Yeah. Anything else that belongs on the list, because it's not an exhaustive list, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, feel free to add to this list as it comes up for you now and in the future. Um, now here's the deal with the here's the, here's the last thing I want to say about this, and then I'm gonna end this session uh, a little early. Well, yeah, it's, it's almost two o'clock, so I'm in the session uh, two o'clock. But um, here's the last thing I'm gonna say. Yeah. Um, the biggest impact of structural breakdowns is that it impacts both men and women where it hurts them the most. Men feel unsuccessful, and women feel unsafe and insecure. It goes right to the heart of what matters most to each of the us in the most negative ways. This makes it an emotional drain on the relationship. In addition, structural workability doesn't add to the quality of relationships, but structural unworkability takes away from the quality of relationships. Does that resonate? Does that communicate? Absolutely. Are you going to send this to me as well? Yep. Okay. This is this is a pretty cool statement. Yeah. Um, can you read this again, last sentence again, one more time? Yes. In addition, structural workability doesn't add to the quality of relationships, but structural unworkability takes away, subtracts from the quality of relationships. Everyone expects things to work so we don't get extra points for things going as planned. Very few of us thank God every day for oxygen, but it would be an immediate and possibly permanent breakdown if there was no oxygen. <laughs> Structural yeah. breakdowns have the same impact on relationships. Structural workability is to relationships what operations is to a business. Without it, how could you expect it to run, really? So that's it about, about um, you know, paying attention to yourself and uh, your relationship from a structural standpoint versus the other areas. Um, when we talk on Monday, I'm going to say we're going to talk Monday again? Yeah. Yeah, same time, right? Good. Um, we're going to talk about what to do, which is to consciously create a relationship. We're going to go there. Uh, we're okay. going to talk about what's it going to take to consciously create your relationship, you and your, and your woman. You consciously do that. Makes sense? That's awesome. Yep, awesome. Yeah. Good. So um, you don't have an assignment this time. You're lucky. You got off, you got off with a good one. But I invite you to look at the world of breakdowns and be prepared to talk about it, But you know, on Monday. Okay. Got it. So Thank anything, you. You want, anything you want to say about um, today's... Well, uh, when we roll it up all together and uh, really create a draft plan for me to create the relationship that I want to, you know, having all these points, yep. that would be cool at the end. That's what, that's what, that's going to be my Bible for my next relationship. <laughs> Great, great. And it, I got it. I have a gift for you as well that comes with this yeah. program. Is that I have this thing? You're gonna. I want to go over it with you on Monday. I have this item. It's called the uh, Personal Life Charter. And why that's important is you're gonna put down who you are for yourself. 
in these certain areas, you're going to define yourself, and then you're going to have your woman when you finally get in a relationship with her, and y'all, you know, are clear that this relationship is working. And then she's going to define herself inside of the uh, her uh, personal life charter. And then you together, after you do that, you can create your relationship charter. And I'll show you how to do that um, on Monday. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Sounds great, man. Awesome. So, um, got any uh, last uh, closing remarks you want to say? No, I'm good. Thank you. This, uh, so thank you very much, man. This is really uh, this is happening really a part of my life where, you know, things dramatically shift for me, and it's definitely adding value to me to look a totally different perspective perspective to the relationship, and I'm enjoying it. Thank you so much. Yeah, man, my pleasure. So I won't call your friends on Monday until after I talk to you and we have a session on Monday, all right? It's up to you. Uh, I will try to – I will make sure I reach out to them by Sunday, so. Yeah. Okay. All and, right, uh, if you want, you can have them call me if you want to call me before Monday, you know? Sure. I'll, I'll, uh, as soon as I reach out to them, I will give them an option. They can call good. me. Very good. All right. All right, man. Uh, so you, you're going to be doing a real introduction to them so that, you know, just like you did to me, really what they can get out of it because they are cynical about what I'm doing. And they think because I'm getting divorced and emotionally upset, they are thinking that I am, you know, I need support, <laughs> that kind of thing. That's what I feel like, yeah. at yeah. least for Mehdi. And I know that he is very open for contribution, and I know that this will make a difference for him as well because he's yeah. still single as well, you know. So Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you know, what I'll say is that, as you're seeing here, relationships have a specific particular design to them. Yeah. You know, like, like just the way trees are designed a certain way, squirrels mm -hmm. are designed a certain way, you know, alligators, birds, different birds are designed a certain way. You know, relationships are designed a certain way for humans. And yeah. so I'm giving you the design, bro. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right. All right, yo. Talk right. to you Monday. Sure. Talk to you Monday. Yeah, bye. You got it, man. Later.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.